Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. Right now, Star Trek Picard, Episode 1, Remembrance, and Episode 2, Maps and Legends. In the year 2020, Star Trek is back, baby! That was all. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That was short and sweet. We're, we're going to try and go a little short and sweet here today, to be honest. Cause, yeah, uh, yeah, this... This isn't coming out as like the main Wednesday episode, right? No, sputter. Maybe it's a Saturday. I don't know what day. You know, people could listen later too. They could listen on any day of the week. They could listen a different year. They could choose like a new day. Someone could be in space listening to this. Yeah, yeah they might have eight days by then. Maybe this is what. And people... you have to work for six of them because fucking the capitalist <laughs> one. And 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 our podcast is banned on the planet Earth and listened to by space travelers on long missions with our voices. Talking to them very slowly over years. Sorry, this is Matt. This is Luke. And this is our... Sci-Fi Sanctuary. It's actually a mountainside temple today. Yeah, by the time you're listening to this, I should have posted some pictures, because we're recording somewhere pretty dope. (laughs) (laughs) For this audio-only podcast. Oh, I just saw the paintings on the ceiling. There's paintings on the ceiling. They're very old. It's from the 13th century. Nice. Yeah, they might want to restore them, but they probably did, like 200 years ago. i got to come up here with the proper actual plan and a camera and make a video about this place. You know where it is now. Yeah, this place is amazing. <laughs> That's why I came here. Uh, but we are here not to talk about Japanese temples in detail. Yeah, you can't see it. This is an audio podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to talk about Star Trek. Picard. I, I heard they um, had thought about calling it Destiny. Well, I'm glad better? they didn't. Yeah, it's just sticking a character's name on his... It is on the nose, but I guess with putting Patrick Stewart in a Star Trek show at this point, it's also pretty on the nose. Right, because I... Like, they're currently talking about, like, a series two. They're, I'd imagined it as just, like, a one-off, very short miniseries just about Picard, right? That's how they sold it to him. Uh, Michael Chabon, I, I'm hoping I said his name right, did Wonder Boys. Um, he was the showrunner for season one. He will not be the showrunner for season two. Oh, interesting. I think they did sell Patrick Stewart on we're just going to do this 10-episode thing, and I guess he was cool enough with it. They, the, season 2 is in pre-production now. Yeah. And um, we're not talking about all of Star Trek Picard because we've only seen the first two episodes. Yeah, I guess you have got a bit of a time limit on this in that if we don't get it out before episode 3, it's going to seem weird. Well, oh, it'll be out for that. Yeah. About the same time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll probably get to you again with episodes three and four, but today is episodes one and two. Uh, the first one was called Remembrance, and the second, I don't remember. Do you remember? I Maps and notice. Legends. Yes, I didn't even notice they had episode titles. Yeah, first one's Remembrance, <laughs> second one is Maps and Legends. We have seen those, and um, Will, how's the carding for you so far? Oh, I said it at the start, Star Trek. This 
feels like Star Trek. It does. It's like nothing has for a while. Well, it specifically feels like it doesn't feel like TNG. That I guess that's why the show is showing some promise. Uh, it um, feels like Picard. It feels like Picard. It doesn't yes. feel like TNG, but it feels like Picard. Like you know, the guy on screen is not Professor X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that it, it's definitely Picard on screen. You know, it's not Patrick Stewart. That's the one thing. Uh, Kirk, as the movies went on, became more and more Shatner. Right. Where Picard is nothing like Patrick Stewart when you see him in you know um, interviews and stuff. Which, right. He's quite a vibrant, fun. Yeah, he's like a practical jokester or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, Picard is, you know, pretty serious. And we do, we, we, uh, I guess coming up to is they're not going to try and do action Picard. And well, so far they haven't. It's probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> but there's some action happens, but it happens kind of around him. Yes. Because he's seven, Patrick Stewart is 79. <laughs> or even the next gen movies tried to just make Picard Kirk, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think of him, you know, climbing the ropes to get the board queen, you know? Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. The ropes, the shooting, tubing, the tubing. with a Tommy gun. And yeah. The, excuse me, the tubing of engineering. Let's get that right. Yeah. We're talking yeah, yeah, all this shit. <laughs> Car chases in Nemesis. And... Um, well, let's, let's take this Picard. This Picard has given up for quite a while, more or less. I mean, he, he feels justified in having given up. Yeah, it's, he hasn't given up. He left in protest. He's probably making some nice wine. Yeah. People seem to like his wine. And, you know, I would imagine Picard makes a good wine. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, well his like, brother did most of it. But, yeah, well, he's, he's like living with those Romulans now. Oh, yes. This is interesting. Uh, Picard so far makes Nemesis, uh, for better or for worse, now pretty important part of the TNG canon. Well, it also makes... Uh, 2009 Star Trek. 2009, yeah. This is set... In the original timeline, after the event which created the Kelvin timeline. Quite a long time. They actually went well, yeah, farther like in the years future. After, right? yeah, Picard is actually supposed to be like 94 in this. Yeah. This is uh, 2399. So they even went farther past uh, where they would have on the. Um, well, because you know, people don't age as fast in right, right, Star Trek, right. right? So it makes sense. Yeah. Because uh, well, what was McCoy supposed to be in that first TNG? Like 100-something, like, right? 138. Yeah. <laughs> which I guess that, that is pushing it even in the. Um, Starfleet future, but uh, Picard's, you know, he's basically like like normal old age. He hasn't started falling apart yet. Mm. Um, are they, did they, the second episode, they've already started hinting as aromatic syndrome, or is it going to be, it has to be that. They can't go with something else, right? Going with something else would be lame. Yeah, yeah, they, mm. they've left it off. Oh, here's the thing, that bit in episode two, do you feel like that was written for Crusher? No. No. One uh, was the actor was out with like a, you know, this is the doctor who he's known for a long time, who is his old friend. Yeah, from the Stargazer. Yeah, but we, he's not a guy we've ever seen. Well, the actor we've seen. That, that's why I guess I was sitting there like, did I see the Santi and episode? Right, but it would have made more. It feels like it would have made more sense if that had been a Crusher cameo. Well, put yourself in card shoes. Would you want to do that with the? Medical officer that you served with for many years had romantic flirtations with, maybe got married to and divorced. We don't quite, I, I think. This, no. That's the point, yeah. Yeah, or would you call, like, the guy you, when you first became captain and was your buddy on the Stargazer? That's true. Yeah, for that kind of personal crap. I mean, you'd probably No, but go, he didn't know. He just wanted, oh, sign me off as a. But he, he Picard remembers the all good, all good things timeline. Sure. He's the only one that remembers that. So he remembers having aromatic syndrome. So he would know that might be the result. 
Mm. It made sense to me he would actually go for the Stargazer guy and not uh, Crusher. Okay. It, it might be an actor thing. Obviously, you'd want to go see if she wants to be in the show. But, uh, I mean, we already know um, Jonathan yeah. Frakes and uh, Marina Citrus are, are going to yeah, yeah. Do we? I think, do we know LeVar? We don't. Yeah. We don't. Um, well, I mean, Brent Spiner's already there. Yeah. No, he's a pretty major... Despite being dead. Yeah. Well, I, I like that he is still dead. I really like they didn't just... Because at the end of Nemesis, they imply that he's put himself in B4 and Data could just be back in the next one. In case Prince Spire changes his mind. Right. And <laughs> I really like they haven't made that And Prince Spire changed his mind. <laughs> yeah, but they've done a more interesting both. thing with it. Oh, right? of course. And I liked... At first, um, when I saw the previews, I said, like, oh, maybe Picard just like hangs out with Data on the par- uh, parking deck. The holodeck, right. which would also be lame. So yeah. I like that he's actually experiencing data through weird, surreal dreams, very similar to some of the trippier episodes of TNG. Yeah, true. <laughs> that's that's where I'm saying like, like it, feel, it it definitely is not copying TNG at all, but that flavor comes through. Like that's the flavor of trippy TNG sequences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it it just feels like it has the heart that TNG had. Yeah. Because well, TNG is my favorite Star Trek. I think I haven't seen as much of like DS9 and Voyager as you have. I'm probably going to side with the, the TNG. But I oh. love Picard as a character and the fact that it's a TV show, which is sometimes an action TV show, where the main character is a diplomat yeah. <laughs> who mostly solves problems non-violently. <laughs> and it's like, Star Trek's the one show where you really cannot give any credence to the guy saying, oh, the SJW's ruined it. Because, like, it's always been, like, the most left-wing TV show that exists. Well, it's like Star, uh, Star Wars. Star Trek is a functional social death of the, I can't talk, social justice warrior, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, you do get people, like, going in weird directions based on false information. Uh, but the, the thing of Star Trek is do it and have the proper information and know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because... Well, I, okay, here's, here's the big crux of this show. Does Starfleet know what they're doing anymore? Because Picard is... We, we are putting Picard against Starfleet. Now, in Roddenberry's vision, Starfleet should be relatively infallible. Right, um, well, Picard... Sorry, the real human being, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw an interview with him, and he was saying that he agreed to come back when he realized it wasn't just going to be the... Federation Utopia this time mm. because he didn't think that would be a relevant show in this day and age. Um, obviously, like that dream of the future is still one that I would love to see, you know, just understanding, peaceful, we've moved past all of this. But to the story they're telling now is here's a society which, because they were scared, forgot that dream, which I think is very relevant and resonant. Right. I guess, uh, yeah, because earlier Star Trek, it doesn't ruin that. The Federation can have its ups and downs. Yeah. There is a utopian vision where they don't, but it's not realistic and it doesn't make for good drama. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, so, for example, the Abrams movies often feel like they just completely forget that side of it. Like, less so the third one. Mm. But it, the first two do feel very militaristic yeah. in their version of Starfleet, right? Mm. And then... Discovery is literally set during a war. Right. But I didn't feel like that felt like Star Trek until the final episode when she did find a very diplomatic solution to everything. And let's not forget season two. I haven't seen much of season two, but I want to. (laughs) Right, but like this is where it's like... So season two maybe does it as well. But my love of Star Trek is that it is a different message than most just 
Yeah, shoot the baddies when right. you fight. For me, the, the thing with Star Trek, it's, it's always been like, we're cool, we're fine. Let's move on. Let's yeah. explore the problems. The challenges come from exploration, not because you're intrinsically screwed. Yeah, now, I mean, obviously you still want some character drama because that's... Well, I think Picard... Storytelling, here, right? Picard but, is, in this series, what we want from Starfleet, and Starfleet is not... It's not that anymore. Right. Um, oh, one weird thing. Is this the first time we've had a Commodore on screen since the original series? Which character was the Commodore? I don't remember what we talked... Is that who he's... No, it's an admiral that he gets into a, like, shouting match with. Oh, it's the one that the admiral then phones the Commodore. Maybe that's it. But I'm just like, yeah, I feel like we haven't seen a Commodore since TOS. Yeah, so I can't remember. Even it what. just caught my attention. It's, yeah, it's, which it's, one's a Commodore's? <laughs> I don't even... That's the thing I don't really know. Oh, here's something. Have you thought about this in a while? In TOS, that wasn't the Starfleet logo. That, that was, was the just Enterprise. the Enterprise's logo. Yes. They had different ones when they met... Yes. That's so weird to think now. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, you come up with a cool logo, you, you know, don't yeah, keep it to yourself. Yeah, because all the other ones look shit, because they were just like, oh, quickly, give it a different logo. So if you really want to smash some continuity, screw Discovery. They're putting, they're putting Enterprise logos on there, because that's before, man. Yeah. yeah. Later on, you can make an argument, but in Discovery, you can't. Oh, that's the point, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you could argue, that, like, oh, because the Enterprise was so successful, Starfleet mm. decided to adopt that one out of, like, I just ruined Discovery for you, man. Put it up on YouTube, freaking Star Trek Discovery destroyed by facts and logic. <laughs> by idic. No, no, that actually would help it out. Sorry. Also, yeah, we would we would get like a billion clicks for that from cunts. <laughs> <laughs> So, I, when I first saw the 2009 movie, my big disappointment with it was that Romulus was destroyed. Um, I know Star Trek is like an ongoing, continuous thing, but to me, if it ever was going to have an ending, like the saga was going to end, I feel like the ending is Vulcans and Romulans' uh, societies rejoining, right? Uh, the Klingons are so important, though. And oh, yeah, but cool. the Klingons kind of have become their allies by this point. Hmm. So the Klingons, Klingons, I guess, in original series were the main villains, mm. and they had an ending in um, Undiscovered Country. Right. Which is why that's a really good film. The Romulus just talk shit through most of TMG. <laughs> right. But, the back, but um, when Spock comes back, it's because he's trying to um, preach peace on Romulus, mm. right? And like, that feels like such a big part of this universe. And a good ending for that would be they finally find this diplomatic solution. Maybe it's actually, it's not that the Romulans need to learn from the Vulcans, it's that the Vulcans need to learn from the Romulans. And mm. They would discover, no, that would have been an, it's like, oh no, we just blew them up. So I'm glad that they haven't just cut the Romulans out entirely. No. And it's, make, it's really dealing with, because, yeah. you know, they're, they're a space-faring race, so losing one planet isn't 
Yeah, it's nice this show has been able to grab that movie and, you know, like kind of tie it back into the main Trek yeah. Uh, canon, so to speak. Uh, and the movies can exist wherever they want. That's fine. Um, well, they explicitly cool. are a separate timeline. They say as much. But. Yes. Uh, it's uh, tying Nemesis in. I mean, it is a movie, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, would be, it would be weirder to cut it out, right? It'd be disingenuous to do that. Um, but aren't the Borg the real baddies of TNG? Yeah, and but there is no, like, peaceful Borg ending, is there? What are we watching here? We have the Romulans and Starfleet you know, reclaiming mm. lost Borg or whatever. I mean... I, get, I, I think what I'm getting at is the Romulans were the only one which were consistently important through TOS and TNG. Yeah, okay. So I feel like they're, like, the mm. overarching part. Right. Yeah, but, the Borgs, I guess, are Picard's arch-nemesis. Exactly. And here we're, we're definitely going to be getting into some kind of Borg thing, although they do paint it as, like, a kind of quasi-Cylon thing here, which is... Well, I guess that's more the sense, excuse me. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it, it is. Oh yeah, I guess it could be. The... Okay, so I had a theory. I think. I think by the end of episode two, I'd already given up on this, but it was that um, Romulans had made the synths do that because they would rather die than be rescued by the Federation. <laughs> that might. Well, look at some of the folks we're looking at. The uh, Vulcan. Was that the Kalmador? The Vulcan... The Vulcan lady who's... who's probably a Romulan. Well, yeah, but then the other one definitely is a Romulan. <laughs> right, so. but she looks human. Yeah. Anyway, the whole point is the uh, Romulan Secret Service is definitely a thing here. Maybe the Romulan Secret Service had that thought. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Romulans I don't in think general, like, not. No, no, no. Who, who's going to be like, blow up my planet, screw you, but... Yeah, but some maniacs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I think. But then they're talking about this whole weird secret about how they hate synths or whatever. I don't know, is it going to turn out that the... Uh, the original Vulcan prophet was a robot or something. <laughs> We're using the thing you, or the thing we hate to destroy you. I don't know. Uh, that's still, you know, it's on, it's on the slow cooker, obviously. Yeah, obviously we don't know the facts yet, right? Yeah. But that was just a little theory I had. I mean, it's a peak TV thing where basically we have now seen the first 20% of a really long movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not episodic <laughs> like TNG was. Yeah, like... Well, we, we're two episodes in. Picard hasn't left Earth. Yeah, that's kind of wild. <laughs> um, although... You know, I kind of didn't expect him to in the first two episodes. I, I don't expect he'll be off, I'll, I'll say, as engaged until the end of the first act, which would be the end of the third episode. Mm. Um, they are slowly throwing in their actors. Uh, if you're familiar with the actors, I guess it's a spoiler because they're in the credits, but mm. Discovery did that too, so whatever. Yep. And I, you know, I don't know every actor on the show, so it didn't bother me. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I recognize that... Um the Romulan spy is shagging the robot. He looked like Ethan Peck, who played Spark on Discovery. Oh, he does a bit. <laughs> he looks real I similar feel like, to me. I feel like he was in some old BBC drama, but I don't okay, know what's okay. like Merlin or something. No, I was like, I, I did think that his look was way too close to the season two Discovery Spark look. Yeah. I mean, he's a Romulan. Well, like how, cause, because Romulans and Vulcans all look the same, how do they make them distinctive? Give him a bit of stubble. <laughs> yeah. How do we make Vulcans and Romulans sexy? This way. There's only one way. There's, there's no other choices. I, I think you'll find that if you go on the internet, people have been finding Spock sexy for a long time. No, I'm just talking. I'm, I'm, I was trying to quote the production team here. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, so what do you want in the future? We got, we got eight more episodes rolling. What do you want to see happen? Right, this is a cop-out answer, but it's the truth. I don't want to know what I want. Mm. Star Trek's not a nostalgic series, right? It needs to give me something new. I want some cool sci-fi idea I didn't think of. I want a cool plot I hadn't thought of. 
I want Picard to come up with an ingenious solution that I don't see coming. <laughs> so I don't... I hope that it continues to surprise me, is what I hope for. Yeah, I, I think the show is... I, I think that's kind of their goal. But you said Star Trek's not nostalgia. We have a new co-worker. We said Star Trek. He's like, I'm too young for that. I was watching Star Trek when I was freaking six years <laughs> oh, old. Same here. That just flew my mind. Like, we, uh, what is he, 24? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, I, yeah, Star, I think I'm too young for Star Trek, which does key into the, is it nostalgia? It's, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be in the way that Star Wars is, right? It shouldn't be. Because we don't it's, want to. It's sci-fi. It's meant yeah. to, Star Trek is the future. <laughs> That's why I'm, so, well, I've been saying since they made the 2009 Star Trek, I don't want remakes and prequels. I want more Star Trek. I think and this a, feels like more Star Trek. How much of a Kelvinverse fan base is there? There's something. I mean, there's comics on it. And People stuff. like them. Yeah. I don't think there's a Kelvinverse fan base. I think there's just enough of a percentage of the Star Trek fan base who are like, well, if this is what we're getting. I'll enjoy it. But with younger people, that might be the thing they like. Maybe that, maybe that for them, that's, that's Star Trek. Maybe. Yeah. Tell us if that's you. We were curious because we're, well, I'm an old fart and Luke's working on it slowly. Yep. Tell, tell us how us old farts don't get them old trick. Talking about that, old farts. Um, they did the tried and tested plot of Picard goes in, he's the one who knows what's right, but he just comes across as arrogant and they tell him to get out of here. So rare seeing that, but the guy who's giving it all of that is the one who wants to pursue peace and kindness and friendship, right? <laughs> yeah. Normally it's like, no, no, he's the action man who knows these guys are bad guys and those sissies in command don't want to pick a fight. It's the opposite. <laughs> like, command is very violent and aggressive and though they were our enemies and, yeah, we do have to kill people... And Picard is the one coming in with the he's more the expert. progressive outlook. <laughs> I just, I just, it's, he's the I expert they're not listening to. <laughs> I never see that trope this way around. Mm. <laughs> I, it, it comes across to me as a very right-wing trope, right? <laughs> like, oh, just one thing I just want to throw out before we get too deeply past episode two. Uh, are we going to see Bruce Maddox? Did you catch on that? Yeah, he's the guy who wanted to steal data, right? Right. So In now the, um, he's the cyber expert. I wonder if we're actually going to see him. Measure of a man, him. is that the one? Measure of a man, yes. Yeah, yeah. Surely. They can't just name drop him this much and he's not going to have a role. Well, it seemed like he had a pretty serious uh, role in this thing in general. So yeah. I'm curious if that's going to be something we're going to get He'll a turn bit up, more yeah, of. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I wonder if they'll get the actor. I don't know. I, think, I, think I, don't, I don't think he's a famous was that, actor. Was that Hugh in uh, Board Cube? Or, I know the actor played Hugh's supposed to show up. Yeah, maybe he hasn't shown up yet. Okay. Because um, I saw in the trailers that Seven of Nine's showing up. Yeah, she's not in yet, so. Yeah. Now, I, I, I could expect her to be in the first episode, too, so. Uh, no, but I'm then not... Picard doesn't know there's any Borg stuff going on yet. True. My uh, Voyager knowledge is my, my soft spot and my Trek knowledge. I'm not, I don't know much about Seven of Nine at all, to be honest. So. Mm. Well, the only thing I know is that she was brought in to be the eye candy, and yeah. it turned out she can act. Yeah. <laughs> it was no. like, oh, she's actually a great character, but she was just here to wear a cat suit and pout. Yeah, I, I've seen you know I've seen her in Voyager. I've watched, mm. but uh, yeah, I've just some people are really into it, and I, I that is not a bit of nostalgia. It's just people who in. were teens when she first appeared on screen, right? <laughs> like you had Troy for that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll sign off for now. Keep it real, homies. Yes, make it so.
next bonus, more Star Trek Picard.